to the Rainbow Connection, the podcast where we discuss the marvelous works of Jim Henson, and right now, specifically, John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Christmas Together. together. For this happy holiday season, we decided to go with, not the obvious choice, Uh, we're saving A Christmas Carol for when we feel more accomplished as podcasters, as it is a personal favorite of Dear Nathan here. Yes, I want to be able to give A Christmas Carol its due because that movie is very dear to my heart. Uh, On that note, uh, this is Nathan Bertram, our uh, male co-host. Yes, hello, I am Nathan. And I am Mackenzie Easton, your not-male co-host. So, John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. We are specifically here talking about the Christmas special released in December of 1979, although we're also going to touch on the uh, Christmas album. And you want to know something interesting about that, uh, Nathan? Tell me something interesting about that. Okay, you gotta sound more actually enthused here, babe. (laughs) Come on. I did the research. I want you to care. (laughs) Okay, tell me something about the album. Okay, so... The album, actually, which is what more people know because, well, they never released this special on any form of home media, but the record was very popular. It hit number 26 on Long Plays on Billboard and came out in October of 1979, Huh. which is, for those of you who don't remember what I just said a few seconds ago, before the special. Huh. Also not Christmas. No, weird time for it to come out. On the other hand, I don't know if it hit 26 after the special came out or I didn't look into it that deep. Do you want to hear more random facts or do you want to get into the start of the uh, talk about the actual content here? Uh, Let's talk about it first and then get into facts after. Okay, well, I want to open on a fun one. (laughs) All right. Now give me your thoughts, Nathan. All right, I liked this special for the most part you don't see a lot of variety show tv anymore it's kind of a dead format with the exception of something like saturday night live well i mean it's got some popularity in christmas time among stand-up comedians still occasionally do variety shows and country music stars so this is kind of this is Honestly, the crossover, the crossover yeah. around what's actually still available, if you consider them up at stand-up comedians, which... I mean, Fozzie definitely is a stand-up comedian. Yeah, we'll discount it on the rights of Fozzie alone. Um, it's very charming. I don't know why they didn't release it on home media. Honestly, it's so charming. Yeah, it is. It's got a lot of a lot of great music. The jokes in it are really solid we'll get into our favorites yeah. on that when we're into specific bits here and overall it is it's just it's very charming light-hearted and i liked it and a ev- lot everybody's charismatic john denver really sells it um yeah john denver is great acting against the muppets he's just yeah he's he's wonderful this was after his uh episode on the muppet show the first one he ever did and apparently there is some referencing to the episode which we haven't watched yet okay we'll get around to it uh we're not gonna do a john denver special here maybe maybe we'll do specific celebrities later but no i really wish they had released this on some kind of bundle maybe with other christmas stuff that is you know muppet centric but on a christmas carol i feel like it's an obvious thing to do it may be just they don't have a good print of it because it was TV in the 70s. They might have just not thought to keep it around for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, if that's the case, I hope 
they can find some way to restore it or find a better version that they can work off of because it would be nice to have this in a better format even like a dvd i would take over this which you might be wondering if there was never released how did you guys watch it you clearly weren't around in 1970 they did do several re-releases uh on abc over the years which we didn't see either we watched it on youtube there's a print on youtube Yes, there is a full VHS rip of the special on YouTube. It's only about 50 minutes long, so it's not a difficult watch in terms of length. And I would recommend looking for it. It's good. There is, in the original run of this on TV, there was uh, sections for like ad reads that are not in this version. And uh, if you saw the reruns on ABC over the years, there was also an additional segment not on this version of Michael Eisner and Kermit the Frog talking about stuff <laughs> um, that I didn't manage to track down before we recorded. But uh, Michael Eisner, former like head of Disney, generally not well liked by no. Disney fans, myself included. I mean, Eisner. But we'll, we'll get away from Eisner and we'll get on to the start of this special. So the special opens with John Denver starting uh, the 12 days of Christmas, and he is routinely joined at each section of the song by another Muppet. Yes, so it starts off with uh, him. I can't remember who's second, but... I think it's Kermit. Kermit is second? Okay. The third one is Gonzo singing Three French Hens because they never pass up an opportunity to imply Gonzo <laughs> chickens. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a thing that they do. I don't remember. I didn't write down the exact order, but number five is Miss Piggy, so she can be melodramatic as I'll get out. And it goes up and up so far. Scooter is one of them. I think uh, Robin gets something. Fozzie is seven because he keeps missing his cue. Yes. And it's very funny. It's a good joke. And the way the puppet reacts to to forgetting is, is very masterfully handled. Oh, yes. I also had this note about the 12 days of Christmas that I was deeply offended that Scooter came on before Fozzie, but it was for the sake of Fozzie's joke not getting too old, so I forgave them. <laughs> I just consider Scooter a lower tier Muppet. I don't remember what number Animal was, but he's great because he comes in and just, like, growls incoherently. <laughs> I think he's, like, he's very close to the top. Yeah. You don't get it a lot. He no pops up near the end, and it's, it's a good bit. Yeah. And we did listen to this on the record, and it's significantly different on the recorded version yeah. where there's a couple different jokes that I actually like a lot better, and I kind of wish they'd done in the special. Miss Piggy is doing, like, pronounced improv bits on her thing that eventually, at the end, all of the Muppets copy, <laughs> and it's very funny. And Beaker is one of them. And I'm so mad that Beaker isn't one of them in the filmed version, because one, Beaker is one of my favorite Muppets, and two... He, you can't understand what he's saying, and it's very funny. But I guess they do the same joke with Animal. I just think it's funnier with Beaker. But it's fun. It's a goofy, fresh little start to the thing. And then the title sequence drops. Mm -hmm. uh, John Denver and the Muppets. A Christmas, a Christmas together, together. Which seems to be like a sticker on like a suitcase or a box or something. I don't exactly yeah, know what the motif is. Yeah, there's a title card. That it, looks, it looks like a piece of luggage or something with a like destination sticker on it, but I don't really know what that has to do with Christmas. I mean, there is a conversation later about going home for Christmas, but it doesn't really... True. They, d they don't, so it's not... It's a bit of a yeah. weird stretch. It might relate more to John Denver. That's not 
area of expertise. True. We are not John Denver experts, full disclosure. We are not even Muppets experts at this point. We just like the Muppets. I also like John Denver, to be fair. I hey, perf- John Denver is great. I do like John Denver. Country roads. I performed Grandma's Feather Bed once with my family in a like church in a small town in Saskatchewan. I had a weird childhood. It'll probably come up over over the course of the podcast listening. Listen for more tidbits like that. Uh, Listen every week for the continuing story. After the credits go up, it also lists the um, starring members. So John Denver, obviously. And then the Muppets. Floyd gets top billing in this. Yeah, the order of billing is weird in that opening title card. Yeah, I it's it's pretty reasonable. The first three are like Kermit and Fozzie and Miss Piggy. You know, the big three. The big three, but I'm just surprised Floyd got over the fold. He doesn't have significantly more, like, showtime than the other members of Electric Mayhem, but, you know. Mm -hmm. He's around. I mean, he's good in this. He is around. I mean, he probably, he has more to do on the record, so maybe that's why. So we transition into, I guess, the framing device of the special, which is all of the Muppets are sitting around a conference room table preparing for a table read of the script of the special that they are about to perform that we are about to watch in a very meta joke. And then John Denver comes in to like go through the program with them and address people's concerns about the script. Mostly Miss Piggy's concerns because everybody else is pretty chill. I mean, there is some like general complaining about wanting your individual acts in. And yeah. uh, the Swedish chef has has complaints that are not addressed because nobody understands what he's saying. Yes, the Swedish chef goes over to John Denver and just starts talking to him, and he doesn't understand what he's saying. And nobody nobody, nobody corrects does. him. It just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Miss Piggy's initial complaint is that uh, they're suggesting peace on earth and goodwill towards men and not goodwill towards men and women. And the joke ends up kind of being a like vaguely slippery slope. (laughs) Well, if we include the women, we have to include the chickens and the bears and Dizzy Gillespie, which the Dizzy Gillespie bit is funny. But everything else I'm like, it's being said funny and I'm laughing, but I'm also like, a little uncomfortable with the subtext of the joke. <laughs> it's a well-executed joke, but it does, especially from like a 2018 viewpoint, look a little bit uncomfortable in hindsight. Yeah, and the end solution is essentially just doing a big list and then Miss Piggy saying, and moi, at the end of the song, when the really obvious solution is just to say, goodwill towards all. Yeah. Or mankind. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. like, nobody tries to suggest which, like, that's kind of what Kermit's there for. Kermit agrees with Miss Piggy initially, which is sweet, I guess. Yeah. So they start this uh, argument about what should be in the list, and it gets louder until John Denver quiets everybody down and then starts singing, which transitions into the second musical number, which is okay. Pleasure of Your Company. Which is a delightful little track. It's Yes, it's very good. It's a kind of lighthearted song about spending time with others and John Denver goes into this small town square set that's covered in snow and he just sort of dances with the townspeople as he's singing and the Muppets are all there and it's very sweet. I like it. Yeah. I forgot to mention all of the outfits John Denver wears are incredibly 70s. Oh, absolutely. They're just like 
leathery browns and fringes. It's very good. Um, but yes. I feel like I need to point this out so you're getting quick visuals in your head. The square is adorable. There is a bit of a weird moment where um, these two spooky ballet children pop up. Yeah, this uh, is this is the only part of of this number that is weird. Really weird. So John Denver is dancing with these two like grown women and then they stop and there's a break in the music and then these two children, these two young girls pop out from behind the women and start doing a ballet number with John Denver and then <laughs> The cops come after him. Right after this, yes. They do their ballet. They like stop on a pose. And then it immediately cuts to the cops whistling and like jokingly chasing John Denver around the square. And I don't think any of this was like intentionally weird, but the transition is uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, like, the ballet children are already a little unsettling. And then John Denver dancing with two children is mostly cute, but there is a tiny part of the back of your head that's like, you know. And then it's the cops immediately afterwards. It does feel a little bit gross. But the cops do immediately start dancing with him in, like, a kind of conga line type situation. Yeah, but it is, like, jokingly framed like they're chasing him. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, it's it's a weird hiccup in the middle of that number, which is otherwise very sweet. You get moments like John Denver putting money in the like kettle that Fozzie is tending dressed as Santa Claus, and then Fozzie like, guilts John Denver into putting more money in the kettle before he leaves. John Denver helping two women with Christmas packages to the point where he can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Electric Mayhem is playing the music in the gazebo in the center of the town square. Gotta be a great gazebo. It's not a it's not a Christmas special without a gazebo. It's great. It's it's very charming. Uh, the choreo at the very end could leave something to be desired, but the choreo radiates wildly between actually quite impressive and okay. I guess it was a TV special levels. Yeah, but that's pretty standard. It's body. After this, it goes to this very funny, but like, again, borderline inappropriate, but like in the good Muppetsy way this time scene. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is classic Muppets, the, the next scene, which is Miss Piggy is in her dressing room, which is very lavishly decorated and full of flowers. And she's talking on the phone to, I guess, her agent. Yeah, that's the implication. Yeah. Uh, with the crack cracking joke of uh she only has 20 lines in this thing you know what five percent of 20 is two 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 words for you you're fired it's very funny it's a good joke i'm not miss piggy i can't joke but then john john denver comes in and miss piggy immediately tries to seduce john denver to get more lines in the special <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is apparently partially referential to their conversation in the episode of The Muppet Show. We'll have to keep an eye out for that when we watch it. This seduction is paused when she insists he takes off his glasses. And like the entire special is aware that John Denver is not like a conventionally attractive man. And it's a good yeah. little joke. It's not like poking fun at him too hard. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good moment. He takes off his glasses and Miss Piggy turns away and like, oh, yeah, yeah, tells him to put them back on. 
in the end, John Denver agrees that uh, they'll cut the elf number that she was going to be in and come up with something better for her. And she's satisfied for now. The next section is John Denver appears in the woods. Yes. John Denver appears in the woods and begins staring at the camera and telling you a story about a Christmas tree named Elfie. Yep. This is actually, I was convinced that this was one of the things that wasn't going to be on the record, but the whole story is on the record. Um, like, yeah. word for word. Surprising. Um, it's not like a bad story. I am mildly confused. Well, I wasn't confused. The moral is a little bit, like, unclear at the end, because it does, like, give you a thesis statement at the end, but then the thesis statement has, like, two different paths on it, and they don't really connect in a clear way. Anyways, the basis of the Alfie story, uh, tell me, like, a rough sketch of, of the deal with Alfie, the Christmas tree. So, the way I'm re- I remember it, and I don't know if I'm getting this right... Correct you. (laughs) Alfie is a Christmas tree in the forest, and he loves all the forest creatures and his life in the forest, and he doesn't want change, but he also loves Christmas. He wonders about whether or not people who don't get to experience Christmas in the traditional way still understand, like, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And then he decides that they do Do, um because they clearly love and if they if they know love then they they know christmas basically Um, yeah it's it's unclear it's It's kind of a sweet story but it's a little bit messy yeah and then it ends with john denver saying that alfie asks you to like pray for the wind and the earth and the things that live in the forest which is a sweet little environmental touch i think yeah but the message up to that point seems to be something along the lines of don't be a complete asshole to people who aren't christians i think is what i was getting out of it that's what's like I they're get. still yeah people and like even though you believe in this thing and that's what brings you love in your heart that doesn't mean they aren't also capable of those things yeah i think that's the intent it's a bit weird and i think it came from a very christian perspective definitely feels that way it's one of two places in the special where they like actually reference christianity specifically i mean it comes up in the music it's it's a christmas special it comes up in the music but for the most part it's kept pretty i guess pan-religious it's very Christmassy, but it's not true. It's not evangelical about it. Yeah, most of the time. It, yeah, that's um, what I mean. If you're uncomfortable with that kind of stuff, I didn't find it really unsettling, mm-hmm. and I'm not super like religiousy. I was raised in that kind of like Christmas as default mode, I guess. I was raised in a very evangelical Christian household, so I it doesn't bother me i don't know if i notice it as distinctly as you do you probably don't unless it's like something that i miss because it's a very specific reference and i just don't get it the next part uh, which is part of the same long sequence uh is but much better (laughs) much better like the elfie song by the way is is fine it's a sweet little tune it's not 
like there's a song after the story and in between the moral mm-hmm. it's kind of forgettable but it's not like yeah bad or anything it's just there <laughs> Uh, but this next part is uh, this next part and the song that follows it uh, is by far my favorite part with the exception of the song number at the very end of the special with the studio audience of children, which we'll, which we'll is get to very that. good, but we'll get there. Uh, the next section is John Denver in the woods uh, stumbles upon Kermit, who is uh, sitting on a tree and just kind of looking off into the into the wilderness and they have this very sweet conversation about how much Kermit misses home because they're on the road with the show for Christmas. And he's reminiscing about being at the swamp during Christmas time and being with his family. And they just have this very genuine conversation about being know, entertainers and not getting to go home. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And it also has some of the best jokes in the whole yes. special. In my personal opinion. <laughs> it's Kermit delivering lines that sound very serious and then turning them immediately into puns, and it's very good. So, uh, there was a terrible accident one year. One of my cousins fell off of a log. Oh no, was he okay? Poor thing just croaked. He, he died? died? Oh no. No, he croaked. Help, help me, he croaked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's nice to go back to your, uh, I think Christmas is the time to go back to your roots. Swamp had the best roots. Delicious. You know, that kind of thing. Very funny. I like it. Uh, just the right kind of goofy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The delivery is what sells it, though. And then... The song is very sweet. It is, Followed yes. by... Uh, they have a duet, Kermit and John Denver. A, uh, like, peace on earth kind of style Christmas... Yeah, it's oh, it's a dang. nice, sweet, kind of melancholy song that they sing together in the forest. And then there's uh, animals, puppet animals that come out of the trees in these close-ups. Yes, <laughs> and then there, there are is... two puppet animals, a beaver and a woodchuck, that like come out into frame from like hidden tree spots. And, and then, then it cuts to... A real deer, but like... <laughs> Staring you straight in the face. directly into the camera. A live deer. This special does have a weird, like, it, it has trouble deciding whether or not it wants to use real animals. I don't know why. Uh, this is not a major problem. It was just kind of unsettling. I think this song is called Piece of Christmas Day. It's different on the record, but not, like, worth mentioning, really. We'll talk about the stuff that's just not in the special later. And if I've missed anything that's in the special, I apologize. We watched it a couple times, but I hadn't listened to the rec- record until after both of those watches. So my comparisons are probably a little bit wonky. The next section is another uh, Miss Piggy in dressing room kind of thing. They're about to do her makeup and she protests because they're not doing the elf thing anymore, guys. Then John Denver comes in and she goes over and starts asking about how her new musical number is coming along and he assures her that they're working on it and he's clearly lying and she calls him out on it and he says that just to trust him, they're going to have they have the whole staff working on the new number. They're going to have it ready and it's going to be great. Then it goes into... Uh, a song that I'm really, very fond of just in general that we did a couple times in community theater Christmas plays that I did growing up 
Uh, Christmas is Coming, which is a song done traditionally in the round. Uh, and they do it in the round in this with like piles and piles of Muppets, which is a great way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't familiar with this song, right? No, I'd never heard it before, but it's very fun. I liked it. It's good. Uh, in the record version, they explain how singing things in the round works. In this, they just kind of do it because they're performers. I think they know how to sing things in the round. For those of you who don't know what singing in the round means, I mean, you probably did it in elementary school with Row, Row, Row Your Boat. It's done in the round a lot of the time. Essentially, at a point in the song, another person joins in and then you just keep repeating until everybody's joined in a set number of times and then it's over. Yeah. So for this song... It's Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. If you haven't got a penny, then a hay penny will do. If you haven't got a hay penny, then God bless you. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. If you And then at the end, Miss Piggy is still going, even though everyone else is stopped. <laughs> yeah. There's actually more to the song. Um, God bless you, gentlemen. God bless you. If you haven't got a halfpenny, then God bless you. Is like usually how it's rounded off. But again, it's a joke, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, this is not a major <clears throat> tune, but I enjoy the heck out of it. Very good. Oh, yeah. It's a very fun sequence. Yes. Uh, the next is uh, John Denver... Walking around in the snow in a fuzzy coat singing Little Angel is the next tune. Yes. This might be Merry Christmas, Little Zachary. A little bit different from the record. Yeah, I don't know Um, the names of the songs from the special because I didn't look. There isn't a track listing for the special and there's different songs on the special than on the record. So we apologize if we get the names of these songs wrong. (laughs) The ones that are like actual songs that we know are findable and the ones that are also on the record are doable, but the things there are things who are uncertain. This one's a very nice little song. It's not my favorite, but it's very like calming and kind of nostalgic-y. I think it is the same as Merry Christmas Little Zachary, but with some words changed. On the record, it's Merry Christmas Little Zachary. Zachary is the name of one of John Denver's kids. Aww. Uh, so it's like a very distract song about like missing his son on the holidays, which ties in nicely to the Kermit bit earlier. I think for the special, they just made it less specific. Yeah, that's real sweet. Yeah, it's a cute little song. The next one is one of my favorite bits. Oh, yeah? It's just Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas with John Denver and Ralph. Yes. Ralph is playing the piano and John Denver is singing. And they're singing it together and it's very sweet. It's just have yourself a merry little Christmas, which is a song I love anyways. And then they get interrupted by a very angry Miss Piggy. Yeah, but the song ends first. Yeah, the song ends first. Miss Piggy barges in and she's getting all angry because she thinks that John Denver has given her new number to a different woman named Fifi. But Fifi is the character's name. Weird that she doesn't understand how scripts work yeah. at this point in her career. Another thing about Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, besides the fact that I love Ralph, and I love Ralph playing the piano, and I love this song, and it's just one of the calmer, sweeter moments between John Denver and the Muppets. Like, there's not really any jokes in it so much. It's just 
nice little song. It does open on a really weird high shot. Yeah. Which is just felt weird because it's like a TV special and like all of a sudden it's this very tall, like a, a shot that's so high I almost wonder how they hid the puppeteers underneath the piano bench. It looked fine. It was just weird. So yes, the next section is Miss Piggy's big number, which is not on the record at all because it's like... I Wasn't this also cut from some re... Reruns of yeah, the special. this whole chunk, which I don't know what the payoff is then for yeah. this piggy bit. It was I don't know, might even be funnier if she never gets her number. Uh, it starts off though not with Miss Piggy, but with a bunch of mildly creepy tin soldiers or yep. nutcrackers. I'm they're somewhere on the line there. They're toy soldiers of some kind, anyway. Yes, one of which is John Denver, who is. Not as good at his soldier choreography as the rest of them as, like, a fun little joke. Yeah. Uh, he keeps, like, fumbling around and, like, stopping up the line, and it's it's cute. The choreography is simple, but it's, like, fun and, like, you know, it's tin soldiery. It's good. I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Uh, they are kind of creepy, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's, like, a fun kind of marching song about camaraderie. Yes, we've got camaraderie. And this, then, this song is also not on the record. It's just kind of there. Yeah. It's not like a great song. It's made fun by the dance. So I don't yeah. think you'd want to watch it. This whole sequence is fine, but not that special. I don't think it's the greatest part of this whole show. Yes. The next bit is, so John Denver's soldier goes off to the war and says, I, I'll come back for you, Fifi. Very dramatically. And then a Christmas box opens up, and it's Miss Piggy as a doll. Yes, Miss Piggy dressed as a rag doll, and she sings her big musical number about missing John Denver, who is off to war. It is I Will Wait For You uh, from the Umbrellas of Churnberg. It's like a song from like a different thing. For a thousand summers, I would wait for you. It's very dramatic. It's familiar. Um to people who are like musical theater people because like it gets covered a lot but it's... i had never heard it before i had but me. i didn't like know why um i haven't seen the thing it comes from but a lot of people it'll probably be familiar it's very uh, it's a very jokey rendition the song is very melodramatic it's very over the top it's very miss piggy i i like it it's a little bit overlong i think for the middle of a christmas special considering it's so like not related yeah Okay, he comes back from the war at the end, and then it goes to the next thing. All the toys go back into the boxes, and they get wrapped up, and then it transitions to the next right, scene. Right, right. The whole overall structure of this <laughs> this Christmas special is weird, but I think that's just... An, it's just a variety It's just show. an artifact of variety TV. And I think it would be less weird if you had commercial breaks in it, because Probably, the like, yeah. transitions are largely based around, from what I can tell, Miss Piggy opens off of commercial breaks. Yeah, that, it would make more sense. It As it is, watching it without commercials, some of the things are very abrupt and kind of non-sequitur, but it would probably flow better if there were commercial breaks in between. Yeah, the next yeah. one is a very sweet little peace carol. Uh, John Danver has his guitar out, finally. Mm-hmm. Which I am here for the guitar. Love me some guitar. At this point, I wrote down, why didn't you guys release this? Yeah. Um, because this was so sweet. But then it gets real creepy real hard, and I'm starting to think that's maybe why. Takes a harsh left turn. Takes a harsh left turn into creepy town. Sorry I've been saying a lot of things are creepy this episode, but, like, 
Some of the things in this are kind of creepy. Like, you Unintentionally. Know. Like, if it's creepy on purpose, I'm fine. If it's just like... I mean, when you work with puppets, sometimes something is just creepy. And I think this next section qualifies. Uh... Absolutely. So it transitions into a nativity story uh, that he's singing over with his guitar. Yeah. Which is a nice idea. It's um... nice. Yeah. It's a sweet idea. The puppets are terrifying. They're horrible. Yeah, they're... They are on the same level as the human-looking puppets in the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Almost. They're around I think the ones in the Dark Crystal are better because they're not... They're explicitly not human, and you you grow to see the differences between them and human faces. Yeah, these are supposed to be human. This is just Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. They are thoroughly uncanny valley. They are, like, just, they're not human Muppets like Walter from the new one or, like, I don't know, like, Floyd or something. They're not that. They are, yeah, they're not things that are supposed to be humans but are clearly Muppets. They're, like, human face puppets. They're too human yeah at least for us we found them creepy like they, if you like them that's fine i don't think their faces articulate no they don't in the way that most of the muppets do they they don't really move their faces no at all because they don't really say anything or do anything they just kind of play out bits of the nativity they're also like flesh colored yeah they're humanoid colors i think Baby Which... Jesus might even be the worst because babies are particularly bad for the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Like, if you think about the worst things you've ever seen, Uncanny Valley-wise, it's it's usually children and babies. Although, we did just watch the trailer for the new Mowgli movie, and man, is there some uncanny in that. But we'll, uh, that, that's not for this podcast. That is not our jurisdiction. That's not our jurisdiction. Here at the Rainbow Connection. Uh... But yeah, Baby Jesus is creepy. <clears throat> so this section, good in theory. The music is good, but the execution is off. The uh, one thing I can say about it that I like, uh, the effect for the angels that tell the shepherd that, yo, Jesus is over there, basically, uh, is a nice, like, transparent effect. It's a little bit reminiscent of the Ghost of Christmas Past in A Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's uh, that's an effect that looks pretty decent. Uh, but yeah, the puppets are creepy. Uh, the only reason the angel puppet doesn't creep me out is because you can barely see the face. Yeah. Um. Um. Also, just like Muppet Jesus, like there's a reason Veggie Tales never put Jesus in things. It's because like different yeah. versions of Jesus that aren't supposed to be jokes often are like. Just kind of weird. What are the ethics of portraying Jesus as a puppet? I mean, I don't know. I think that's a question for, like, Avenue Q or um, Happy Time Murders, maybe, and not not the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, Also, they have very, very realistic animal Muppets in this, which doesn't bother me like the human puppets do. But considering they had animals on set earlier for, like, the deers and stuff, it seems weird that it wasn't at least a mix in this. Well, and it's also just a weird choice because they have so many animal Muppets already. Like, as as part of the Muppet stable of of puppets, they have... (laughs) (laughs) That was not even an intentional pun, but I... Yeah. (laughs) 
Sorry, the stable of animal Muppets is very diverse. <laughs> they have like chickens and horses and all sheep. Of those sheep. Yeah, the, um, in previous productions at this and point. And cows. So uh, but these are like more detailed versions. They're not like realistic necessarily, but they're more realistic than a standard animal Muppet. Yeah. Um, again, it's... this doesn't bother me as much. It just feels like an unnecessary building of puppets. Yeah, they they went out of their way to make more realistic puppets when it just has a negative effect overall on the scene. Yeah. So, uh, that scene is otherwise, I mean, uh, nice in theory, bad in practice. Uh, what's the difference between theory and practice? In theory, there isn't one. Uh, <laughs> so, the next part, uh, is just, it cuts to the next thing after this. And I thought I was having a stroke. Yes. This is not because the, like, section is weird. It is John Denver on a couch with a guitar with the Muppets. It's very nice, like, Everyone's hearth. there. There's a fire going. It's a lovely Christmas There's scene. There's a Christmas tree People twinkling are sweaters. in the background. There's, like, a window and you can see snow outside. It's very charming. And they're singing a very familiar melody. Shouldn't be weird. Shouldn't be weird. But they're not singing it in English. But it is clearly, it is so close to English, your brain is trying to comprehend it. So they explain immediately after the song is finished what they're doing, and they're singing Silent Night in the original German that the hymn was written in. <laughs> but they don't warn you, so it, your brain just doesn't. Erase my brain. straight into the song before they tell the story about how the song was written. So it's your brain, or at least our brains, wanted to hear English, but was hearing words that were so close to English, but weren't. Yeah, because German is one of those languages. Like, it, but not one that we're familiar enough with, which is a shame, because Nathan's family I'm is German. But very tangentially familiar with some German words, but not enough to recognize it immediately yeah. like that. Like, if it were French, we probably would have picked up on it really quickly, because we're Canadian. It's around. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it was something, like, less Englishy, like if it was Japanese or Swahili, we wouldn't probably have had this issue. But, like, we both were, like, stared at it for a few seconds and looked at each other and I was like, this isn't English, right? Like, we're not just going crazy. Um, anyways, it sounded lovely once you get over worrying that your yeah. brain's melting. Uh, and so, then the story is very sweet and I didn't know this story. Yeah, I knew this because I, because I had watched the animated classic Buster and Chauncey's Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, classic so that one. The story about how the song was written is that the organ at uh, I think it's a cathedral in Germany uh, was broken on Christmas Eve for the service but the the uh, priest still wanted to have music so they set he someone uh, he had written a poem and he asked someone to set it to guitar music so they could still have songs for the uh, service and i really like that silent night was originally written for guitar and i didn't know that before but my family is musicians and i don't know it seems nice to me that something that was a tradition in my family of like playing christmas carols and singing them at least a little bit like it wasn't like every year or whatever but people would do it you know it's nice that that's actually kind of how it's supposed to be done 
yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very good story. The whole sequence is very uh, charming and heartwarming. And is there another number here, or does it... This is when it pulls out to do the English version right, of right, Silent right. Night, and this is where the studio audience comes in. Yes, uh, the camera pulls back during the second half where they're singing Silent Night in English, and you just see this full studio audience, and it's full of children, and they're all singing along, and it's just so sweet and heartwarming, and it's just... It's lovely. Nice diverse it's, it's group very, of children. It's a very nice touch to end the whole special on, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very sweet. And then we get the like uh, closing credit, like name drop, and then it goes uh, quickly through. We wish you a merry Christmas, like while the credits roll, which is also nice. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this special. I really wish they released it. I would recommend looking it up on YouTube if you've got like the heart for a Christmas special or if you just really like John Denver. <laughs> yeah, uh, the quality is unfortunately not great. The visual quality. The audio is good though. The, the I wouldn't audio complain is pretty about decent, it. But yeah, it's I mean it's ripped off of a VHS from the 70s, so it's it's not great, but I think it's still worth watching. Um, it's, I mean, it's readily available because it's up on YouTube. If you just search the title, John Denver and the Muppets, you'll, you'll get there. Yeah. A Christmas Together is worth noting because there is a sequel. Yes. Uh, a little sneak peek for maybe next Christmas or some Christmas in the future. There is a second John Denver Muppets special. Rocky Mountain Holiday. Rocky Mountain Holiday. So we're excited to get to that eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this we is... decided to space them out because we thought we could get a whole episode of this. And I think yeah. we were right. I think this was enough. <laughs> so A Christmas Together is the one you're looking for for this year. Uh, I have a couple more uh, minor facts. Um, hit me. Hit me with some fun facts. Uh, we had to pause the credits because the first time through because uh, Ray Charles is listed as a musical. Uh, yeah. A musical coordinator. Uh, it's not that Ray Charles. No. No, it's, uh, someone who, he did work with the Muppets a couple times, um, but he was listed sometimes in credits, but on this time as the other Ray Charles, or not that Ray Charles, um, which is hilarious to me and very funny, um, and just, like, a little bit sad because this guy was also, like, working in the music industry and seems to have been quite good at his job. Um, this special is apparently referenced in a, like, 1990s Simpsons episode. Uh, specifically a Treehouse of Horror episode. You didn't watch much Simpsons growing up, though. No, but I do know that when some, when the Simpsons references something, that means it's culturally important, so. That's, uh. Good job, John Denver and the Muppets. There is, like, a photo of John Denver with Muppets or something along those lines, um, where they make a joke about it. I haven't watched the special... I might have watched the special at some point in time, but I don't have a specific memory of this. Uh, this special also won a Director's Guild Award. Oh, nice. For uh, outstanding directing of a musical variety show, um, which was a which was a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing, but uh, I think it deserved it. There was pretty excellent direction in this. Anytime you have to direct a bunch of puppets and also John Denver, I mean, it's a tricky ride. Yeah, I mean... Film and TV is so difficult anyway. The second you add complicated puppets into a, a and production, live deer, and it becomes 
like three times as hard. I'm just gonna say, John Denver is delightful through this whole thing. He feels so sincere the whole time. Oh yeah. That's vital for a Christmas special unless you're playing it really cynically, which I mean, that also can work. Uh, Go over a couple things with the record that are slightly different. I think I like the music and the record a little bit better overall. The changes that are made, I think, for the special are largely not great decisions. Besides things that are good for story, unfortunately. We listened to this uh, just the other night together. Yeah, I think the music on the record is a little bit cleaner. Yeah, and this is how Um, most people are familiar with this, is as the record. Yeah. Which... We found a copy of this at a Value Village like a week before we decided to start this podcast and we both regret not buying it. Oh, we should have picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad decision on our part. In the future, we will definitely need to pick up more uh, miscellaneous Muppet records, which I'm sure there are plenty of. Um, The other main difference is that uh, there is a version of Deck the Halls. On the record, there is a song called When the River Meets the Sea, which was written by Paul Williams, which uh, Paul Williams is great, and we'll talk about him lots over the series, I'm sure. He is uh, a consistent songwriter for the Muppets and uh, absolutely fabulous in the movie Phantom of the Paradise. Paul Williams does great work. He's great work. Uh, You would probably recognize him, but he's like a very uh, fun guy. Um, Another man who just always looks very 70s. Yeah, he never escaped that. Uh, The version of Deck the Halls is very charming. It's just kind of the Muppets singing Deck the Halls. Uh, Little Saint Nick is a song that is performed by Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem, um, which isn't in the special. Also, it's like a more fun, upbeat, kind of dancey Christmas song. Uh, It was written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Huh. Um, which I assume that it was, like, written for them, like, originally, and they did a version of it, and then it's, like, a cover for this. I didn't look too deep into it, um, but I liked that song a lot, and, you know, I do like the Electric Mayhem when they just perform songs. That's a good one, yeah, I like that. Um, there is a song called Noel, Christmas Eve 1913, (laughs) according to the track listing. Um, oh... We also skipped over uh, It's in Every One of Us with the selfie song. Never mind. Um, It's fine. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Noel, Christmas Eve 1913, which I don't even remember. I think it was the slow one that I mostly didn't listen to. (laughs) Not my favorite song, evidently. Uh, And then just the the same other ones. There's the bits that we're missing um, on the record are Pleasure of Your Company isn't on the record, which is too bad because that's one of my favorite songs. It was really sweet. Um, Camaraderie and uh, I Will Wait For You, which we already mentioned. Yeah. And the whole nativity thing, I don't think it was the song is on there, Um, which I think is fine because I don't want anybody to have to remember that nativity scene. (laughs) Yeah. Those puppets are rough. Yeah. So uh, for everybody out there, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas if that's your jam. Uh, happy candle nights. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, you know, I should get myself some very 70s outfits for this Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Rainbow Connection. Do you, do you think we get there this time? You know, I don't think we found it. Oh, 
Someday we'll find it. You can find us on Twitter at MuppetsPod with an S and email us at MuppetsPod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Bert Nerdtram. And you can find me on Twitter at Kenzie Phoenix. And if you're interested in listening, I was on an episode of School of Movies talking about Mary Poppins, which was very exciting. A great podcast over there. And thank you guys for uh, the little plug of our little fledgling show here. The intro and outro music for the show was recorded by Alex Conwell. And is a cover of The Rainbow Connection. See you next time. Peace. Peace.